You know, when you have a show about gratitude, you've got to be grateful for your sponsors. And in our life of gratitude, you know, we all have guides. Somebody that guided us through our lives, that made us appreciate those things that we have. And that's why I'm so delighted and so grateful for our sponsor, Life Guides. Life Guides is a peer-to-peer community that helps people navigate through their day-to-day stressors by providing a place of empathy, listening, wisdom, and support with a guide who has walked in your shoes, experiencing the same challenge or life experience as you. A true life guide. And because you're listening to our gratitude podcast, if you go to their website, lifeguides.com forward slash schedule a demo and add the code HEALTHY. 2021. The code is HEALTHY2021 in the free text box. You'll get two months of their services for free. Two months for free. So sign up, show your team you care, get a life guide, be grateful for those guides in your life as I am grateful for our sponsor, Life Guides. Hey, welcome everybody to Leading with Gratitude Live. I'm your host, Chester Elton, the Apostle of appreciation coming live and in color from the gratitude epicenter of the universe summit new jersey you know we're live streaming on linkedin today we've got some great guests for you and by the way thank you so much for tuning in you know we say look give us 30 minutes and we'll give you 30 minutes of of great information great inspiration and a roadmap to a life of gratitude at work and at home we're so delighted to have you as, as part of our network well listen this is all brought to you by the wonderful people on the Methods Network. If you're looking to improve your leadership skills, all you gotta do is go to methodsof.com. They've got great courses. They got Marshall Goldsmith, the Hortense Lejeuneteel, Martin Lindstrom, the great marketing mind, and Sally Helgeson, how, how to help women rise. And by the way, for listening to our show, if you sign up for their annual subscription, all you gotta do is put in Gratitude 2021, you get a 50% discount. We love our friends at the Methods of Network. I, I, I'm really excited to introduce our guests to you today. They've been dear friends of mine for a long time. They are our first return guests to the Leading with Gratitude live show. So let me give you a little bit about their backstory. Uh, they've been married since 1966. They have five awesome kids. They've raised them in their two-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Let that sink in for just a minute, where they have lived since 1999. Eric and Emily Orton, they're our guests today. Eric is an Emmy award-winning writer. Emily is a former English teacher turned homeschool mom. Together, they now write, speak, and teach about living a better story. They believe the most important thing you can do is live a better story. And they're going to talk to us about that today. They believe the greatest gift that we can give each other is our encouragement. They hope that sharing their stories sparks clarity and confidence in you to live deliberately doing what you care about most with the people you care about most. They are the co-founders of The Awesome Factory. They are the co-authors of Seven at Sea. Please welcome to LinkedIn Live, my dear friends, Eric and Emily Orton. Welcome, guys. Chester, it's so good to be with you. We love you. Yeah, thanks for having us. What a treat. Uh, one one correction. Uh, we've been married since 1996 because you said 66, which was before we were oh. born, so that would be, we would be weird, but, uh, but anyway, it's been a good, good long haul. So good. Yeah, you, you, you've aged well. Hey, well, listen, we're going to have people tuning in from all over the world. We've already got Amber calling in from the UK. We've got Kobe from South Africa. 
And as they listen, they're going to have questions for you and they're going to put them in the chat box. And when they do that, we're going to go to the question command center with Christy Lawrence, live and in color from Atlanta, Georgia. She's waving to the crowd there. Love the glasses. So let's get started. So here's the thing. Like, I've known you guys for a long time. And I remember, you know, when you launched your book, Seven at Sea, it was just a remarkable Mm -hmm. story. Now you are the co-founders of The Awesome Factory. So tell us about the evolution of that from authors to like The Awesome Factory. You're now teachers. You presented conferences. So I'm going to throw it to you first, Emily. So talk to me about the evolution from authors to like teachers and speakers. Okay, so Chester, one of our foundational questions is always what could go right? It got us out on this sailboat. It opens up all these positive possibilities. And one of the things when when we did write Seven at Sea, we had a lot of high expectations for it that we'd be able to solidify the lessons we had learned on the journey that we'd preserve memories for our you know, future generations and that readers would be inspired, like you said, to recognize how many choices they really have and then to make those choices more deliberately in fashioning a life that was significant and meaningful to them. And it, and it did those things. But what we were not expecting is that as we reflected and wrote this journey out, that we would discover a reverse engineer, a process for facing uncertainty, for facing disruption, or those shifts that come into our life, whether we're seeking them or whether we just need to reframe a scenario we can't avoid and and make it an opportunity. And so as uh, we discovered this kind of roadmap for us, we call it the navigator framework that allows us to go from drifting to navigating. And honestly, for several years, we just used it ourselves in our own life. Um, and it allowed us to accelerate the, the pace at which we achieved big goals that we had. But as the pandemic you know, shrouded the planet and worry was so uh, ubiquitous and chronic and we were all like so concerned and um, just, you know, we were all disrupted in many of the same ways at once. Uh, Eric and I thought, you know, we've been doing this. This is our lifestyle. Uh, we, We have a process and we'd like to be able to share it with other people. And that is how you know, the Awesome Factory was born to sort of share this navigator framework and then all the other sort of lessons that we had already been employing for years to, you know, dance with uncertainty. Excellent. So Eric, walk me through the, from drifting to navigating. And and I love you guys say, what could go right? Because what do we always say? What could go wrong? You know, everything. So talk a little bit about that process. So the Navigator Framework has seven steps. And Emily, double check me and make sure I get this right. The first step is to choose your own island. The next step is to cast off. Mm, Sorry, you you choose your own island, then you chart your course. Then you cast off, navigate out of the harbor. You set your autopilot. You trust your compass. And then you arrive at your new island and you you drop anchor. So those are the seven steps. And of course, they're all metaphors. They're sailing metaphors. And the island is really whatever it is that, that you want to do. We learned this lesson sailing. We learned these lessons sailing on a boat for a year. And we would literally travel from island to island. But when we came home, and like Emily said, we, we had reverse engineered this process. And we started to choose other goals 
and ideas that we wanted to pursue, most often they had nothing to do with sailing. And, and so an island can be whatever you want. It can be, hey, I want to make a shift in my career or I want to, uh, you know, improve this relationship or I want to, um, you know, develop this hobby. The island can be whatever you want. And we've applied it to things like writing a book, to rock climbing ambitions that I have. Uh, you know, we've seen friends take it and um, use it to to make big career transitions. Um, one of our good friends left a, a long time career in the laser defense industry, and now he runs a yoga studio and he's a physics teacher. Um, one one of our we took we do sailing retreats as well where we teach this and and. One of the, the couples that we took out, the husband, he's the director of housing and urban development in the Bay Area. And he took this framework back to his team and they just were able to think expansively and big about what they wanted to do. And, and so anyway, the, the framework itself, you know, it takes a little while to explain it. We, you know, sometimes we'll take weeks or, you know, days or hours to, to walk through it. So I, we won't go into detail here, but it's basically choosing something that really matters to you and it's important that it matters to you that it's not some dream or hope or ambition that's coming from the outside onto you it's critical that it's authentic to your values and your your priorities and then we just walk through how to break it down into a, a process where you can arrive steadily and safely and and then you know go from there and, and you can keep choosing new islands after you arrive so so that's what the navigator framework is Excellent. You know, it's interesting, uh, Emily. So in, in your, your bio, you talk about raising five kids. So there's seven of you in a two bedroom apartment in New York City. Now, that's quite an adventure. And I know there's a lot of people, for example, you know, we've got uh, Amber tuning in from the UK. By the way, she was on our earlier live show with me and Adrian. So uh, thanks for tuning in twice today, Amber. We've got Valdis here from uh, Brazil. And Abdul Rahman from uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which I'm going to be there later later this month. So with all these people tuning in from all over the world, they're all thinking, New York City, two-bedroom apartment, five kids. Emily, how did you do that? Wow, Chester, uh, that's a good question. You know, proximity doesn't always mean connectedness. So we were very close together. And we realized if we were going to function like a family, like a team, we just had to cultivate these high levels of awareness and tolerance and appreciation for each other. And I actually have taken this same group, right? My same family has uh, lived for weeks at a time in much larger homes, like 5,000 square feet or whatever. And we've decided, you know, we actually prefer these, these small uh, settings where we're able to stay in touch frequently. Um, but like I said, it does require us just really having a compassion on each other and a high level of tolerance to be able to say, hey, this person isn't going to be taking any feedback today. You know, this person just needs to put in their headphones and, and have some time alone. Um, also, I will say that because it is New York City, um, they had amazing parks and cultural opportunities and neighbors. And there's always something interesting to learn. And we go out into that amazing world and then we come back and sit at our dinner table and, and share what we learned. And it's, it's so fun. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love that you venture out, right. And, you know, I live just outside New York city. In fact, I'm heading in there tomorrow and I, I love being in the city. The, the energy, the vibe is always so great. 
And I love that you said at the end of the day, we shared our stories, you know, around the dinner table. Storytelling and creating a story is a big part of what you do at the Awesome Factory, right? Why is there such power in knowing people's story? Eric, Eric I'm going to throw this to you because you guys a, are great storytellers and you teach people to talk about their stories. Why is that so important to a happy life? Well, that's a great question. Thank you, Chester. I, and I think, um, you know, my background is in in writing, playwriting, theater, and 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 we really do believe that that stories are are crucial. And uh, stories are how we absorb information. You know, we can teach a principle, but we really remember it when we hear a story. And you know that. I mean, you're an amazing storyteller as well. And and then you teach so effectively using stories. And what I think we've come to realize is that our life is also a story and we get to write it. And if our story is not engaging to us, especially to us, it doesn't matter if it's engaging to other people, if it's not engaging to us, we can do something about that. And and oftentimes we we think of heroes as other people, but when you think about the hero's journey, which is the, the, the core of how stories work, it's important to put ourselves in the role of the hero and say, you know, if, if you're, here's a question that we like to ask ourselves and it, and it served other people well. Let me say, if my life was a movie and I was the hero, what would I want me to do next? It's a powerful way to come into a decision because when you watch a movie, you know that you don't want the hero to shrink back from the right risk. You don't want them to be stupid, but you want them to choose the right amount of adventure that's gonna help them grow and become their best selves. And that's really what storytelling is about. And as we recognize that our life is a story and we, we craft it into something that leads us to growth, that's happiness. Happiness, progress and growth are happiness. And so um, just this paradigm of being able to see our lives as a story and make decisions accordingly is, is really what we're about because um, we can live better stories. If our story is uninspiring or uninteresting or unengaging, we have the power to change that. The, the real challenge is we have to be willing to see ourselves differently. And that's, that's been the hardest part for us and it's the hardest part for everybody. But as we come to see ourselves differently, we can step into new roles in our lives and, and really fall. Excellent. So Aaron, I'd love to in, follow in up on that, if I may. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I think the most powerful stories are the ones that we tell to ourselves. And I had a story that I told myself for a long time because I saw the commercial for Jaws when I was about four years old and I was terrified of deep water anywhere, swimming pool anywhere uh, for decades. And then Eric had this idea. We tell all about it in our, in our book, Seven at Sea, but the journey is from knowing nothing about sailing to learning to sail and moving aboard a sailboat. And so in this process, right, he invites me to learn how to sail. And I do not want to because this story that I have for myself is that I'm scared of deep water. And he's like, oh, you know what? That's perfect because that's the perfect reason to learn how to sail because then you never have to go in the water. Well, as we progress down the line, it becomes obvious that it's ridiculous for me to think that I'm going to live on a sailboat for a year with my five children from six to 16, right? And never get in the water. So we're taking this 
class learning how to sail these larger boats um, and everyone else is in the water snorkeling and I'm sitting on, you know, in the, on the boat by myself, just looking at the water terrified. And I ask myself these questions, like there's always that, you know, who am I, which is fun to consider, but more relevant is who do I want to become? Who do I want to be? Do I think I can live on a boat and never get in the water? And what kind of example am I setting for my kids? And for me, that was just enough push to get me to put on a mask and some flippers and slip into the water. And now once I got in there, I was terrified. Obviously my heart was racing like crazy. It was this new environment and I, I felt very at risk. But as I made my way to the reef and saw what that was like, the, with the, you know, the coral and the fish and the sea fans and the, the sound of it and the motion of it, everything about it, I forgot to be afraid and I enjoyed myself thoroughly. And then Eric caught up with me, surprised to see me there, said, you know, are you okay? Do you want to swim back to the boat together? And to the first question, yes, I'm okay. Two, no, I do not want to swim back to the boat because this is my new favorite thing. And so it had... What I realized is what I had thought was kind of part of my identity, this like, I'm not a water person, I'm, I'm afraid of water, was actually just a story that I was in the habit of telling myself. It wasn't a helpful story. And in fact, was not even a true story. Because once I got in there and had this new experience, I realized I, I love this, right? And so that changed my relationship to fear and the story I tell about fear. So now when things are afraid, you know, I feel resistance or I I feel nervous about something. I have that question, like what other favorite things might be hiding behind that fear. And I, and I lean into it because I have a new story about fear. Anyway, it, it changed really quickly. I didn't have to adjust all my habits and adjust all my thinking because I was the same person, but in a new story. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So we're, we're talking with Eric and Emily Orton. They are the co-authors of Seven at Sea, the co-founders of the Awesome Factory. You can catch up with them at the awesomefactory.nyc. How cool is that? So Eric, um, if they ever make a movie about me, I want uh, Danny DeVito to play me. So if they no, 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 no. About- Matt Damon, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> so you're making the movie of your life. Who plays you? What actor do you want to play you? Oh, I'd actually want Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, who's 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 Emily Orton in the story of your life? Oh, wow. Um Oh gosh. She Rhea plays Perlman. um Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I am not a tall person. It's uh it's that WandaVision actress. Maybe the people who are watching can can tell us. She's one of the Avengers, you know. She plays Wendy. Yeah. Or Wanda the, yeah. the Scarlet Witch. WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, great show. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break and just thank our sponsors one more time here. The guys at MethodsOf.com. They uh, bring us all these great production. They've got incredible online courses for you to become a better leader, to become a better parent, to become just a better marketer. Martin Lindstrom, one of the great marketing minds of our time. Marshall Goldsmith, the number one executive coach in the world. We even have a great course in there on teamwork. We filmed it at the Prudential Center where the New Jersey Devils play, my hockey team. I'm actually going to a game tonight. Very excited. 
Well, because you're tuning in to our live show, if you sign up for their annual subscription uh, on Methods Plus, you just put in Gratitude 2021, you get a 50% discount on what it costs. So invest in yourself, become a better leader at Methods of. Hey, so Eric and Emily, uh, you and I were, we both had a big contract. We presented to Choice Hotels uh, all over the yeah. country. So walk us through, you, you had a, a couple of sessions with these leaders of hotels. What do you do when you've got like an hour, an hour and a half with, with people that want a better life? They want a happier life. They're going to use your methodology. What, how does that work at a conference? Walk us through it. Eric, why don't you kick us off? Oh, boy. Well, um, we uh, we didn't know what to expect coming into this. This was one of our first uh, get-togethers post-COVID. And so we um, we really just wanted to help people. And we were blown away by the response, quite frankly. Uh, we We share our stories. We share the Navigator framework. And then we invite people to ask three really important questions. And these questions, uh, sorry, not three questions, but a set of questions that that have really helped us. They're called blue sky questions. And we really invite people to, to pause and to mute fear because so much of our world, so much of our life is trying to deal with what could go wrong. And we try and protect against the downside that feels responsible. It feels reasonable. And so um, when we, and this isn't one of the blue sky questions, but we ask people to consider, first of all, what could go right? Because that question is limitless. The possibilities are untold, you know, but that can be a little bit big. And so we break it down and we, we share these blue sky questions with them. And we ask them to just in their own mind, answer them. One of them is, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Emily just shared a great example of something that she did when she was able to pause or mute fear. So we ask people to answer the question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if money were no object? You know, write down some answers to that. What would you do if you knew you would succeed? And there's a few others, but those are some some of the, the strong ones because so often we won't even let ourselves think about what we want because we don't know how we're going to get it. And when we answer these blue sky questions, and blue sky just means sky's the limit, you know, think big. When we answer these questions, we start to open ourselves up to possibilities that we would not have considered for ourselves before. And this is part of the process of seeing ourselves in a new way, because so often we limit ourselves. We don't let ourselves even try something because it feels like it's for other people. I felt like living on a sailboat was for other people. I was rebounding off a big business failure. We had no money. I had no connections. I knew nothing about sailing. And so it required me to see myself in a new way just to walk into a sailing school and say, hey, how does this work? Because it felt beyond me financially, socially, emotionally. And so we really try and help people get out of this shell of their, their current personal limits and open themselves up to what would they do if they weren't afraid? What would they do if they knew they would succeed? What would they do if money were no object? Because that pauses and mutes fear and it opens up all kinds of possibilities of things that we don't know the answer yet. We don't know how it's gonna work out. And the Navigator Framework we walk people through how to connect those dots, but really it's about helping people transition from an old mindset about themselves or their family or their job or their team, whatever it might be, wherever they're feeling stuck, 
and to just think about the positive possibilities. Because just a quick story, when we were at the threshold of do we buy the boat or not, a lot of questions came up of do we want to, you know, all the things that could go wrong. We could get sick and injured. We could wreck the boat. We could sink it. We could be ruined financially. All these things that could go wrong as we contemplated moving on to a sailboat. But then we thought of all the things that could go right. We could visit beautiful places. We could come together as a family like never before. We could meet amazing people. We could gain new skills. And as we built that list of what could go right, it got longer and longer. And it was really likely compared to this short list of negative outcomes, which were unlikely. And we knew that if we didn't make this choice, none of these things would happen for sure, 100%. And if we made this choice, this other list of things that could go wrong might happen. And the scale started to tip pretty easily. And we realized that we would definitely miss out on all of this if we didn't go. And so that's the power of asking the question of what could go right together with what could go wrong. And, and then, Excellent. you know, getting there incrementally, letting ourselves open up with smaller questions, like, you know, as we pause and mute fear. And that's, so that's what we try you and know, walk Emily, people through when we spend time together. Excellent. So Emily, a lot of talk now because of COVID and isolation and so on about mental health, right? Uh, anxiety, particularly in families, you know, you, you homeschool your kids and you've been doing it for a long time. So I, I don't imagine things change for you on the education front very much, but as you've engaged with, uh, with, with families and so on that are dealing with mental health, how does the awesome factory and how does this telling your story of a better life, how does that help with mental health or does it? No, it really does. And honestly, we went through the same thing as everyone else. We just went through it in 2007, you know, when we started <laughs> homeschooling. So we had a lot of compassion for what people were experiencing what I think is important, like Eric was saying about being able to see yourself in a new way or be deliberate about making the choices in your own story that really do help with mental health or that it's the feeling of not knowing, it's the feeling of not having control that um, can be so upsetting to us. It's like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, that can be really upsetting. And so we have frameworks for that. For example, when you first become disoriented, you know, we have the exploration stage. That's actually the part of choosing your own island and envisioning what you, what kind of relationships you want to be in or what you want uh, your new normal to look like. And that is a work that we can do deliberately. And suddenly there's a whole set of choices that are in front of us. And we feel just more calm when we have choices, you know, and we're going to be the ones making those decisions. And then I would say also the outcome of this, uh, as we move towards that new island or that new goal, the natural outgrowth is confidence. As we take action, it comes in three different ways. Uh, we call it the three kinds of confidence. And this is what we have experienced over and over again. And the first is the natural outgrowth of confidence that comes when you learn a new skill, competence. Uh, the three the three kinds of confidence are competence, credibility, and calm. So competence, learning a new skill, 
credibility when you do what you'll say you'll do. And this can be even just in the little micro promises that you make yourself like, well, today I'm going to get up, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to eat a healthy breakfast. And it seems like it wouldn't have such a big impact. But it does when you say when you do what you say you're going to do, and you keep promises to yourself and then to others, it starts to alleviate some of that anxiety. And then for me, I mean, there's lots of ways to do it. For me, calm is a is the third and probably most transformative kind of confidence. It's just saying, look at everything I have figured out up to this point. I trust that I'm going to be able to take whatever perplexing new situation comes in front of me. As I get closer to it, details will emerge. I'll ask the right questions. I'll you know, get the help, whatever it is that I need, and I'll be able to face it. So I don't have to stress out so much about what's going to come next because with all this precedent, 100% survival rate, I'm going to be able to solve this next puzzle. And I will say, um, Chester, that your theme here, especially gratitude, is so helpful. We've seen it over and over again when we start to get very anxious and like we're not sure about the future taking the what could go right question and, and, and making it present and saying, what is going right? What am I grateful for right now? It just takes that cortisol level way down. You get your executive function back and you can start making good decisions. Excellent. Well, you know, perfect segue into our last question for you in 10 seconds or less. <laughs> Eric, what are you grateful for today? Oh, I love that question. I'm, wow. I'm grateful to be with you, quite frankly, because you and I haven't talked in a long time. And so just to get to, to hang out with you and, and I get to see my wife because I'm on the road. And so to, to have uh, my most favorite person and then my next most favorite person in the same place uh, <laughs> makes my day. Excellent. Emily, what are you grateful for today? All right, for me today, Chester, I'm just going to say something very simple. It is just natural light. Um, Excellent. the first thing I do when I wake up is I just open the blinds or go sit on the back porch and I just let that light soak in and it just like starts to wake me up and I start getting excited about the day and, and yeah, it just feels different and it feels good. I love the natural light. Excellent. Well, they are the co-authors of Seven at Sea, Eric and Emily Orton. They are the co-founders of The Awesome Factory. Find them at www.theawesomefactory.nyc. Again, a quick shout out to Methods Of that makes our show possible. Go put uh, Gratitude 2021 in the checkout box. You get a 50% discount. We also want to give a shout out to our wonderful publisher, Leading with Gratitude, available at fine bookstores everywhere. Alan Mulally said of Leading with Gratitude, I love, love, love this book. And a not so subtle shout out to Buy Me, Buy Me, Buy Me. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us today. A special shout out to Joe Ione, who tunes into all our live shows. We love Joe. Uh, question, our question command center in Atlanta, Georgia, Christy Lawrence. She's the one that gets us all these amazing gifts. Eric and Emily Orton. And of course, the world's greatest online producer without question in Austin, Texas. His name is Brent Klein. Shout out to Brent. Well, our tradition is we raise the music and we dance it out. So let me see your best dance moves on Zoom, Eric and Emily. And we will see you next week. Check us out on LinkedIn. Sign up for our gratitude journal. A little bit of... Hey, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. 30 minutes of just great fun. Be grateful. Be happy. Be of service. And we're